0: Welcome back to episode number three of the Standard Room Only podcast. Ben Standing here. Super glad you guys are back. I'm thrilled to be back. Uh, the opportunity to talk about the Washington football team and honestly, whatever else I want to talk about, this is why I did this podcast and that's what's going to happen today. There's plenty to get to with regards to the Washington football team and we'll do that um, in a few moments with my pal, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. We've got to talk about who's injured and what this means for week seven against the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, we'll also talk about the latest things Ron Rivera has said and whether these things are hurting or helping his message and whether we're all making too big of a deal about some of his comments and the latest ones today involving cutoff point, whether it matters, whether it doesn't, you'll see. It's an interesting conversation. We try to look at it uh, beyond just the, uh, the, the, the headline aspect of it all and that's a fun chat with Nikki. Then, in the attempt to talk about things beyond uh, what's going on in Ashburn, um, my uh, athletic co-worker slash uh, friends, uh, Brittany Giroli, our Nationals insider, joined me. We're not so much talking about the Washington Nationals, though there is a important Juan Soto discussion. But we get into uh, kind of dealing with life and work during uh, during the pandemic. I, I, she's a former Orioles Uh, Reporter, so I had to get in questions about that team, and really, uh, also we did uh, some uh, some deep dive questions into who, uh, what's going on with 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 Brittany, who she wishes followed her on Twitter, uh, some other randomness like that. Fun conversations with both, and I'm excited to get to everything here with you guys. I really hope everyone subscribes to the podcast. You can do that, of course, uh, on iTunes. Uh, you can do that, I guess, on Spotify. We should be up and running on Google uh, Podcasts. I think Stitcher is still a work in progress, but we're going to get there. So, hopefully, everybody subscribes. If you're an iTunes person, look, I don't want to tell you to, to rate it a five stars if you don't if you're not vibing it. But obviously, I'm down with that. If you are, uh, the, the more ratings, uh, the better. It helps with the uh, people getting to notice you. The subscribers, uh, same thing. I think that works, but look, subscribe that way. You won't miss it. And we've got a lot more to go. We'll actually have a bonus episode of the podcast for Friday. Uh, John Machota, our Dallas Cowboys insider. He and I had a fun back and forth today. And I'll put that up for Friday morning as well as we get ready for a rivalry game. that doesn't feel like one, (laughs) but I guess technically it is Uh, either way. A lot, a lot here to, 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 to to, to get to, and we're going to do all that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, of course you can do so. At Ben Standig, you want to talk to me on email. You've got thoughts about the podcast or anything else that's going on in your mind. Uh, look, I, it's important to communicate with people in, in this day and age. There, there's, there's a lot happening in, in right now with the pandemic. It's kind of an election year. People are stressed. I get it. Talk to me. You want to talk to me. About, if, if talking to me on the side helps you with uh, with coping, you want to ask questions about this team, hit me up, at bstandigattheathletic.com. All right. Um, no more. No more. No more uh, reason to stall. Uh, we'll start here. We're talking about the Washington football team. Uh, Nikki and I talk a bunch about what happened today, and and just try to dive into where things stand with the head coach after six games. You can, by the way, you can follow Nikki on Twitter at Nikki Javala, That's N I C K I J H A B V A L A. You want to hit up Brittany on Twitter at Britt underscore Giroli, G-H-I-R-O-L-I. I did both of those without looking. Let's hope I got them right. I think I did, but you never know for sure. <laughs> all right, here we go. We'll start off talking Washington football team with uh, Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Um, all right, so uh, joining the uh, the podcast is a, a, a person who I used to be able to slack, but now it just doesn't cut me any. Is that a, is that a good line? I don't know. That's
1: clever.
0: I uh, <clears throat> try. Um, Nikki Jabala with the Washington Post. Uh, she's I, I was gonna save Nikki for the bye week, and that's still happening, but because we need to get into Nick, Nikki Jabala, the college years, and that's gonna take some time. But uh I, I, I'm confused today with some things that were said, and I don't know, I need somebody to help me uh you know, per usual with the therapy session. So uh, Nikki is highly qualified to do that. We're going to get into what Ron Rivera said and the, the Dallas game and the receivers that, you know, all, all two of them or three of them that are healthy. But wait, we have breaking news here. What's the deal? You're getting a dog? Are we allowed to talk I'm, about this?
1: I, I'm getting a second dog. Um, Joey needs a friend.
0: Now, ex- now, I assume that most people, if they're aware of you, are aware of Joey's presence, Instagram star. Joey, are we getting?
1: Yeah,
0: wait, the way I'm terrible about dogs because I'm not, a, I don't have a dog. What, 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 what's the exact, what what type of dog is Joey exactly?
1: Joey's a golden doodle, half retriever, half poodle.
0: Okay, so, so what, I'm, what's the new I'm one?
1: I'm getting another golden doodle, but this one is three quarters poodle and a quarter retriever. So is
0: that, g- that going to cause any rifts between with Joey? Like, is it going to be like, are they going to take like sides, like, you know? Is it going to be like issues there? Like if they're not exactly the same?
1: Um, no, Joey mostly loves everybody. Um, there could be issues over food, food and tennis balls. Like that's when Joey gets, don't mess with his tennis balls.
0: Um, uh, honestly, honestly, I can, I can appreciate issues with both of those things.
1: Yeah, but we'll work on it.
0: You you, know. you're, you're wearing your Yankees sweatshirt. Does this mean that the new dog's name will be Mariana or Derek?
1: I thought about naming it Mariano. Um, I thought about naming it Jeter. Um, but Aroldis Chapman kind of killed that for me, you know, for the second year in a row, he killed it. Um,
0: hey, but here, but here's, here, there. here's the real question, and this is really what matters to me, you can be honest. Did you get this dog? Because, look, obviously you like dogs. You have one, mm-hmm. but did you get this dog because this is where you are in the pandemic that you needed another dog? Is this, where, is this, is this the, how to gauge where, how you're handling things at this point? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't, you know, I wish I could blame it on the pandemic. Um, I think this is just a general life low that I was bound to hit with <laughs> or without a global pandemic. Um, so I mean, this marks the official end of any hope for obtaining a social life. Is what it is. Um, which let's be real, there was never any hope to begin with. Uh, but yeah, I just like dogs. I prefer canines to most humans, no offense. Um,
0: wow. Well, so, well,
1: yeah.
0: Why would I take a <laughs> Wow. That now, way, now, now, now I'm concerned <laughs> I, should taking offense, I should be taking offense to this. Um, no, no, I re- I respect. A- as you're aware, I had two cats. My my older one uh, passed away recently. So you-, you and others have been saying, well, aren't you getting another one? I'm like, I I gotta wait till the season's over. My I- my my one here is fine. He's uh you know he he just focuses on me, so he's all right. But uh I, I think at the end of the season I will I will consider. But if I do get one before, it will be 100. percent The pandemic has has forced me to uh, find love yeah. in some other capacity, <laughs> and. I- uh, will see. I what
1: get it. I'm yeah. pretty sure your cat would kick my dog's ass, though. That that much we've established, right? Oh,
0: have we established
1: um, that? All, all yeah, I have... no, my my dog is scared of cats.
0: Well, all I've yeah. shown all I've shown you so far is my cat like rolling over and exposing his belly. Is not exactly the fiercest creature on God's planet. He wouldn't be playing uh, offensively. He wouldn't be playing on Jack Del Rio's defense, let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> no comment. <laughs>
0: Um, all right, so so let's let's talk about this team. And like I said, I wasn't really gonna uh, have anybody from the beat come on to to, to talk today. I've uh, got some other stuff here we'll, 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 uh, on the podcast we'll get into. But so I, I you know I don't even know at this point if 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 you're listening to this, you presumably gonna heard some of the comments today. And and one that, one that stuck out to me, and I don't even know if it's a big deal. That's kind of why I need you to help walk me through this. So Ron Rivera today is asked, this is Wednesday, he's asked if um, Kyle Allen has a cutoff point similar to what Dwayne Haskins had. And it's said because Ron Rivera, after the Cleveland game, was asked by a reporter, effectively, if there is a cutoff point. And Rivera, that was the point when Ron seemed to turn from, we're going to play out this season, we're going to let the kids develop, we're going to keep Dwayne in the lineup, he's not going to learn on the scout team, something he had said the day before, and then he gets to... to be technical he Ron to some degree mimicked the question the questioning didn't say the word cut off but something to that effect cut point or something whatever cut Cut
1: bait bait. something yeah yeah
0: so but then he then said yada 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 yes I have a cutoff point then cuts to today he says I've never I didn't have a cutoff point for Dwayne um that basically uh you know I'm going to see what happens with Kyle but with Dwayne it was just what I was seeing what I was looking at I don't have the quote in front of me. You can look it up online. I tweeted out, and I'm sure, everybody in town's writing about it to some degree. And I keep thinking about this because, <laughs> on the one hand, who gives a crap? Like uh, he benched Wayne Haskins. It doesn't really even matter why. He's already done it. We've moved on. I mean, except that we keep asking his questions. But it's stuff like this that that forces us, me at least, to keep going back. Why? Why say you didn't say it? When it's right. literally in the official transcript, it, it says it. Is this a thing? Is this not a thing? Should I just go? Should I just go back to the couch and just turn on TV and not worry about this stuff? Like, it, what did you even like write about this today? Like, is this a thing or is this not a thing?
1: I didn't write about it, but it is. If it were taken by itself, it would be probably less significant. But it's yet another contradictory statement or supposed inconsistency. From Ron over the last what over the last month or so um or really three months I mean you can go back to to the start of it all when you know he said he was focused on the long term and now here we are focusing on the NFC East I can't believe we're focusing on the NFC East um I was so mad at
0: myself today like in my question to him I mentioned the division i was doing it to sort of clarify like what i was asking i was like oh my god did i just bring this division up and i want everybody to stop talking about it i want to punch
1: myself yeah. yeah i cannot believe we're talking about the nfc east race i can't even call it a race um but here we are but yeah I, he's just it it feels like he's contradicted himself repeatedly just in his reasoning for benching dwayne haskins and his priorities for the season and what he wants to get out of the year. And, um, you know, some of the things he wants to achieve with the team this year versus long term. it just feels like there's been a lot of up and down and there are times where he'll contradict himself within the same answer, or within the same press conference. And um, this was one that was, um, I, it's almost exactly a month, three weeks apart, almost exactly month, I found it was a September 28th presser. And yeah, he, that was exactly the question, you know, is there a point where you just cut bait on this? And as you mentioned, he said, but yeah, I do have a cutoff point. And then today he, he, it wasn't just that he denied it. He got very defensive and denied it too. Um, you know, he got upset by the question and I, I, there's just been a lot of confusion from Ron, not necessarily on the decisions, but his explanation of the decisions, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I kind of got the sense anyway, that, you know, most people agreed with him on, you know, attempting that two point conversion, you know, late in the Giants game, but his explanation for a lot of these things is just like, wait, what? I don't under, I'm trying to follow your logic, Ron, and it's just not there. But it's not necessarily the decisions themselves, you know?
0: Yeah, 100%. By the way, I don't have a Sean McVay-like memory where I can tell you where I was on some date or tell you like what I had for dinner on some date. But I remember where I was when he made the cutoff comment. I was in a hotel room in Cleveland. I was ready to leave and drive home. And they pushed the start time to his press conference up. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll stay here in this hotel room. And uh, I had a different. I had an article kind of ready to go about the Ohio State guys, and then he mentions the cutoff point. That was way more interesting than what I was writing. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I want to write about this," but I didn't get to. So that's how significant it was that he made that comment because it was not just the wording. It was the first true pivot to, "Oh, <laughs> wait, are we really kind of possibly ending this thing fairly soon?" And and then it did. Um, uh, to, to your, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the messaging versus the, um. The, the, the decisions uh, part. Well, actually, I just forgot what I was going to say. So we'll just go back to that now. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think like most of the decisions, I don't really have an issue with. It's just the after work. I, I guess here's my question. So you are, I would say, between the two of us, more of the uh, classic reporter in that like you report what, here's what they said and you 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 do your best to, uh, I would say offer no opinion, but like you're not trying to Throw your opinions out there. I'm gonna probably do that more. Uh, you 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 won't even tell me your opinions to me on the side. I've tried to get you to make predictions. You're like, fuck that, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. Um. So, but when when we have these when we all have these conversations now, everything gets so nitpicky and, and granular. Did he say what? Mm-hmm. What was the deal? I, I, I don't even. Sometimes I feel like we collectively we we can't see the forest through the trees sometimes. And I, I don't I hate when I kind of get that way. I like seeing the forest but 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 he gets into this stuff like wait dude you did say this do, do, are we do we lose our mind or some of this stuff do we get like does it, does it like i said does these really even matter so what he said mm-hmm. he said whatever he said like do we like you're you're new to dc do we get do we collectively here get too focused on this nitpicky stuff and should just be like all right whatever he said what he said and it doesn't really matter
1: no i don't think so i mean i you know that in the grand scheme of things each individual moment yeah probably doesn't matter I mean, like you said, Haskins has already been benched, moving on. you know it is what it is. He made a decision, but it's more the big picture of you know it's we're getting mixed messages, and I look at it as like if we're getting mixed messages, does that mean the players are too because it it goes beyond you know some of his press conferences with us, like um you know he's offered his opinion on on things about what's wrong with the defense and you know even the coordinators contradict them um so it it just feels like there are multiple messages within the same organization then you wonder like I thought we were trying to change the culture and kind of have you know this this cohesive plan and this one voice and it feels like there are multiple voices multiple messages and you know no wonder you know some of the mistakes are made because and there are communication issues because it seems like the you know communication breakdown is starting at the top. I mean, these are things that you start to wonder. I'm not saying any of this stuff is true, but when you hear this stuff in the press conferences, you're like, what? What is? Does anybody know what's going on? Um, I mean, the one thing that stands out to me is, um, you know, we we asked in the past couple of weeks, you know, what is wrong with? the third downs on defense. What do you view as the most pressing problem? And, you know, he would bring up um, the leverage uh, from, you know, some of their defensive backs. They don't understand leverage or angles. So we bring it up to Jack Del Rio and yes, it is his defense. Certainly he's going to feel a certain way about it, but you know, he fought outside. I, I don't see that as much of a problem. I think we're pretty good at it, honestly. Um, so it's just little things like that, that just kind of add up, um, you know, and I, to me, yeah. it's just kind of interesting for you know a an organization that is supposed to be listening and following one message and one approach. Really, you just don't know what it is. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing, let alone what they're trying to achieve. You know?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, your Yankees sweatshirt is so distracting. It's really. Dis-
1: I'm sorry. Is it is it the big bold Yankees?
0: It's just logo it's just 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 too much. Do um, you want me
1: to just hold up a picture of all the World Series titles we've won? Or what's would that make it easier for you? Or could
0: you could you do for my, my birthday's coming up, could you just get me like a Jeffrey Mayer like uh <laughs> uh cut out or something so I can just like punch it in the face like I've always wanted to. Mm, yeah. Um
1: we'll, we'll save that for the next podcast.
0: <laughs> great, great. Um but you know okay so you, you said something that that I absolutely uh, believe and i have used this before repeatedly with the other team i used to cover the, the wizards that i would listen to scott brooks still the coach talk over and over again at press conferences and after a while i'm just like he's not saying anything like you can't nobody can be that good of an actor at some point you reveal who you are in these press conferences even the people even like bill belichick mm-hmm. he's stone-faced but at times he reveals you know the the, the 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 deep thinking kind of mind that he is the really nuanced thinker at some point that comes out and you think to yourself okay if at if there isn't another side, though, if if the way Scott Brooks kind of goes just says stuff that just talks in circles and just like, is this this is what he's telling the team? It, 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 like I said, you at some point you have to reveal yourself. Now it's too early with Ron. We've only he's only been here relatively short time, and because of the whole crazy off season, you know he hasn't even been around the team that much, and it is only year one and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I agree. With like at some point you keep talking. I don't want to say in circles, but it, talking in a way that it's like i don't I, I i i don't know i will say this though um every time we've talked to a player in a zoom chat and I, at least when i've talked to someone on the side presumably you the same they like revere the dude like they all yeah. say how great he is he's so clear with his message and that's the part that keeps me every time i think to myself wait what is he saying here as long as the players continue to say that he's getting to them and what i think it was today right he said or was it was it today or Monday? i don't know He said something to the effect, somebody asked him, like, how do you know that this is working, that your culture change is working? And he says, when they say the things to you guys, Mm -hmm. when they repeat back that message, then I know it's working. And it feels like that is happening. So Mm -hmm. that's the part of me that makes me think, all right, maybe we are getting too caught up in the weeds. That he is, the point that matters to me about this whole season is getting through to these guys and getting them to do the right thing. And all this other stuff is just nonsense. But is that... no I
1: think that I think that's all fair points and you know I I think Ron still and he this was his reputation coming in is he is a very transparent coach he's great with media he you know compared to other coaches I've worked with yeah he really is you know he's for the most part very honest you know there are some things he clearly won't talk about one of them being injuries and lately a lot of the the stuff he won't he doesn't want to get too deep into our these decisions. And I think it's sometimes it feels like he's, he's trying to, I don't want to say cover up, but, you know, protect some people with what he says. And while it may not seem like a total lie, I mean, further questioning just kind of pokes holes into the story and then it gets more complicated and convoluted and it's hard to, you know, continue to explain it going forward. And I think that's what happens. I don't think, you know, Ron is purposely trying to, you know, contradict himself. I think he is a very transparent coach on a lot of things. I mean, I've I can't imagine any other coach would be as transparent as on what they're going through personally with his own cancer battle. I mean, that is something that he's been incredibly open with us about. Um, but there are some things that, you know, he he doesn't want to go into too deep, and he's when he's pressed on it, um, it does kind of create these issues. But you know, I don't I don't think they're ill intentioned I do think, you know, like you mentioned that you know a lot of the players they do they do say it does feel a lot different this season, even though they're still losing. Um, you know, just they. From what they've said and i can't imagine they're they all seem pretty sincere <laughs> you know it's very hard to read people in zoom but um you know i do get the sense that they feel like they're working towards something even though if it you know even though it doesn't always show up on the statute
0: yeah yeah for sure um i was gonna save this for um <clears throat> you know when we do the, the deep dive into uh your, your psyche um but uh, the, uh the one thing you know you mentioned the zoom stuff so obviously you just got here uh right before the season started or before training camp started mm-hmm. so you weren't here before but it doesn't really in terms of dealing with ron rivera in particular it doesn't mean you're that far behind we only talked to him in person a handful of two or three times maybe the last time was mm-hmm. at the combine in february obviously we haven't talked i mean i've never talked to chase young in person um and all that but in terms of like in terms of all this with, with, with ron do you think on some level like so here's like as I keep thinking about this whole uh cutoff thing like and you and I talked about this a little bit offline to some degree but you know is is he forgetting that he didn't say it or is he fucking with us that he didn't say it and I guess to the degree of like to we we we're getting to know him to some degree but it's, it's weird doing this over zoom I mean i'm talking to you over zoom right now, but I see you in person and we've had conversations if I didn't know it, if I didn't know if I didn't have that i'm just talking to you over zoom be like. Well, I'm trying to figure who you are, but I don't know that well, and then this guy his job is to some degree, put up a shield. So how much do you think like the fact that we just aren't around them, this isn't normal for any of us is factoring into wait, what is with this mixed messaging are we just not getting this guy what is happening here.
1: I think it's huge because. You know, we're, we're allotted one, maybe two questions. You got to pick and choose your questions carefully. Had he said this in a group setting with all of us present, you know, he would have been asked follow-ups, been asked, you know, can you clarify this? And he would have a better sense of who we are and why we're asking and inflection and, and facial expressions that, you know, are sometimes just delayed or just too fuzzy or too dark if you're at Chris Russell's Zoom um so um it's a little difficult to pick up on that stuff and like it goes both ways too I mean I'm going off on tangents here but like I I mean Uh after all these zooms when when you hear how a coach talks a certain way or how he reacts to your question a certain way or you know I I come away from those like wait did he not like the question was he annoyed by the question should I have framed it a different way did he understand where I was coming from like I don't even know if he can like see my face when I'm asking it I legit don't even know that um so it's it's very weird it's incredibly impersonal and I think Ron is one of those coaches from everything I've heard where relationships really do matter to him whether it was with coaches players staff members media members like I mean, you hear him talk all the time about, you know, how people have influenced him over the years. Like he values these relationships and all the stuff that most coaches don't. And yet you can't really establish any relationship with Ron because of the circumstances. And I I think it's difficult for him and it's difficult for us. So,
0: yeah. By the way, the original title for this podcast was going to be either going off on a tangent or over the overthinking podcast. So you just described Mm -hmm. uh, what what goes on over here all the time. If I do the overthinking podcast, I'll I'll let you know if you want to be the co-host.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, it seems right up my alley.
0: Cool. yes, you said that pretty pretty confidently. I'm not sure now if you are qualified for the overthinking podcast.
1: Would I get an athletic hat like you're wearing? Because I only got the sweatshirt when I worked there, and I kind of wanted the hat, I'll be honest.
0: Wait. uh, you you wait. You don't. That's all you got. I I will say this. Like, however many athletic people I've seen, this feels like nobody has the same stuff. Like I even Ryan and say, I don't have this. Actually, I think we both have the same T-shirt, but that's like it. Everything else looks different.
1: I have the same gray sweatshirt as her, and it is the softest sweatshirt I own. It's luxurious.
0: Did did the Washington Post? I, if you have, you've never worn it. Did you? Did they give you guys face masks with the Washington Post logo on it? That feels like something that would have happened
1: uh no i mean i haven't even been in the newsroom so.
0: uh, like i said well, I'm, I'm i'm half yeah. joking about the idea of like doing the deep dive on like your whole existence because like it but like that the fact that you literally moved to a city and moved into your office yeah. is is uh or whatever it's 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 uh, hilarious um well i brought up the mask thing because uh when we have somebody in the nba bubble he took a picture with a mask that's had the athletic logo on it and we're all like hey what the could we get one of these things he got, like
1: that. He, he got it screen printed then right who had it uh,
0: joe varden I, I don't know i i don't know i think i feel like they ordered it for him anyway we it's been asked it uh, uh i will we'll see what happens i'm hopeful that something changes but that in terms of athletic gear th- this is where we're at <laughs> in 2020 yes. in october my, my gear loss is a mask
1: <laughs> yes yes uh, a lot has changed
0: yeah the world is weird um all right. Well, since you're here, anything else w- w- regarding to today? I- I- I'm assuming you're trying out for receiver starting uh, tomorrow.
1: Dude, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, like, are you
0: are you more of a slot threat? Like, we got the quick feet, or are you more of like a, a, a no? Like, I don't think that. I
1: don't. I don't 30. think anybody could accuse me of having anything quick. Um, you know, I'm more like the big-bodied outside receiver. I think <laughs> of myself as more of a Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas type. Um, You know, and if I don't get the call, I want, damn right, I'm going to argue the call. So whoever that aligns with, you know, that's probably me. But I'm ready. I am ready. I was a mean, slow-pitch softball player. So I feel like in some way that translates to the football field just with catching some sort of ball.
0: What
1: what position did you play? uh, All of them, but I was a mean pitcher, which I guess you don't really need to catch the ball as much. But that's neither here nor there. But, it, but is
0: this the slow pitch softball, where it's like standard pitch, or at like the high arcing stuff?
1: Well, that would be slow pitch, yeah. The, the high, high arcing, arcing stuff. yeah, but not the fast pitch where you like wind well, up. No, no, no,
0: no. I don't mean that. I mean, yeah, the fast pitch is that's a whole other. That's like that's crazy. That's like a real sport. The but yeah. the softball was like my favorite. Wow. Like it was like the throw the ball in, or like where it has to like angle like way up.
1: It doesn't have to go way up, but if you throw them off with the timing of the pitch, you can get them to whiff, like. Listen, I know what I'm doing on the slow pitch softball mound, okay?
0: Okay, well, for what it's worth, there will be now at some point here a softball and a glove showing up at practice because now
1: you've, you've laid it. It's in my garage. It's ready. Let's go. Let's do this. I even have receiver gloves, courtesy of Nick Ferguson. Shout out to Nick Ferguson.
0: <laughs> um, so, uh, I, you know, in terms of this game, I mean, the, the, the receiver, not exactly a strength. Anyway, and now we're down to the, the fourth and fifth guy are going to be two dudes who are currently on the practice squad. The third receiver wasn't even in the re- receiver rotation until injuries happened. By the way, mm-hmm. the guy who today was effectively the starting tight end because Logan Thomas, uh, wait, did he not practice at all or is he just on the side? I lost. He right. did not
1: practice. He has a neck injury.
0: So, right. So the, the guy who was the first team tight end based on the part of practice we saw is still technically on the practice squad right now. These are people who are going to have a, a, potentially a, a, a hand in what happens on Sunday against Dallas. Uh, that doesn't feel good to me. Um, I don't know. You can call me crazy, but you still have Terry McLaurin. You still have Dontrell and if that gets you excited. Gibson and McKissick do things. But like, um, already a, an incredibly weak position or uncertain position, at, at, to be nice, I guess, has now is now progressively getting worse. Uh, uh, would, would you like to offer some optimism to the people?
1: Uh, no, I got none. It's terrible. Sorry, can't help you there. No, but like they started with what? Kelvin Harmon went down. Emmanuel Hall was on the practice squad anyway, but Kelvin yeah. Harmon was a big loss. Cody Latimer, yeah, he had his issues in Colorado, so he knew that was gonna come to a quick end. Um, Steven Sims. Steven Sims is eligible eligible to return after the bye. So there's your dose of optimism. Um, well, Isaiah Wright shoulder Antonio Gandy-Golden hamstring who am I missing yeah Cam Sims started the season on the practice squad was elevated twice and then I mean, I'm excited on, right? I'm a,
0: I, I have been a Cam Sims stand. he like I know I know you're not supposed to fall for the practice for the uh, preseason heroes I get that I'm all that you know once in a while you got to make an exception and he was my exception mm-hmm. in recent years and uh, look, you know, I'm not going to say, uh, you know, told you so to people, but like, you know, that touchdown catch is pretty good. He's got the skills, but that said, there's a reason why he's been on the, you know, the back of the roster or on the practice. Yeah. Squad. So I can't get overly excited about him uh, as that guy. So, you know, I, I was um, talking with uh, John Machoda, our Dallas uh, reporter for the athletic or Cowboys reporter for the athletic. And like, he was like, oh, I don't care what Washington has on offense. They should be able to score because Dallas defense is that bad. But then I look at Washington's receivers. I'm like,
1: Ugh. yeah. Uh, I mean, I all know. you got to do is like double Terry McLaurin, and then what? I'm pretty sure. Like, is there is there a site that tracks how many times a receiver has been doubled or bracketed and coverage? I'm pretty sure he's got a lead. I mean, uh, well, there's really nobody else. Why wouldn't you just take him out of the game? Like seriously.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I, I w- when we did preseason predictions. I mean, I've been a massive McLaurin fan since preseason I'm a huge last fan. year, and I, I I was relatively low for him. Like at the end of last year, I was saying this guy can be a Pro Bowl player next year. But when we got to this season, like I don't know about his stats because everybody's going to like cover him now. He's actually put up pretty good numbers, but still, like that point of like why yeah why let him get anything? Um, I'm I'm with you. I, I especially this week.
1: I, I legit feel bad for Terry McLaurin because I think he would have a monster season if he had help. I mean, you ask like all the really great receivers. Well, at least this was, I go back to Denver because it's my only point of reference, but like some of their best receivers were their absolute best when they had, you know, one B to their one, a or a number two, like Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey, DT and Emmanuel Sanders. Like they were always their best when they had somebody else on the other side and Terry doesn't have that. Don Charles Inman has been good in spurts and he's definitely better and more experienced than you know the others they currently have on the roster. But dude needs a number two, like a real number two, consistent number two.
0: Well you you're getting a number two for Joey. Can Tara McLaurin just go out and buy a number two do you think? Is that is that an option?
1: Um, it's funny you bring it up I I think he does have a doodle of some sorts I've seen an Instagram video of him walking a dog that looks very doodle-ish meaning you know kind of that same curly coat so when I talk to him next I'm gonna have to have the doodle conversation and see what's up you oh, know I, I think it's a real possibility I think it's a real possibility of him getting a number two k K9 if he doesn't you-
0: already. Could you please have this conversation in the side Zoom room that we have, so all of us can hear this? You no, know I plan
1: to break it, so you have to end up chasing it.
0: <laughs> you know what? <laughs> the, 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 I'm they're, sick of
1: being they're, the one to Chase news.
0: Yeah, there are You're times I chase it. I, there are times I have chase news. I don't know if that one is going to uh, going, going to work it out. That's uh, the biggest
1: I, news, you know, that's gonna that's the best news that could happen with this team.
0: Uh, I was. I, I will say this just for like inside baseball for the five people that are listening. Um you and I are insane with uh, chasing news to the point like the other day that there was some news and you didn't re- you didn't do anything better for a couple hours and I literally was like, "Boy, hope I mean, she's all right."
1: <laughs> Which one was it? The one I reported before you and you didn't see. What was that? <laughs> Candy Golden.
2: No, uh, I like
1: I couldn't yeah. I couldn't get the like yeah there have been some where I'm like, no, why I mean, can I get those? This is driving me nuts. Well right, I just
0: I just love this laughing because I, I know like either, either you're feverishly trying to get it I man I'm the same way' oh or, my God. or you're trapped under something heavy. it's one of the it's one of the two things.
1: Yeah Most yeah, if I'm not within 10 feet of cell phone service or yes, I am at home pulling my hair out because it drives me crazy when I can't get news. All right,
0: well don't, don't, don't this is
1: why this is why I can never function in real life or why I can never get an adult job sad
0: all right well well look if it if, if, as I said this this podcast is part part information part therapy we, we if you want if you want if you have if you want to discuss it in greater detail we can do that if you prefer that be of an offline conversation for your specific brand of of uh, of uh, I don't know if "crazy" is the right word. I don't want to be insensitive to a crazy person, but you know, um, if, if that's what needed, you know, we can do that later.
1: Um, no, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think it'll help my social life. So probably
0: <laughs> well, just well, let well, it go. All right. Well, look, people are people are watching on one in five team. They're already depressed enough. I don't think they need to hear about our our collectively non non social lives to get even sadder um we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk it, it, like i said we just needed, i just needed help on this understanding what the hell was happening this week because i, I keep writing my mixed messages and i'm i'm really getting tired of it and i'm, I'm gonna stop one way or the other i just wish <laughs> i just wish these conversations would stop um and we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll talk bigger picture stuff uh later and get the perspective of somebody who uh is is new ish to the town and um and go from there um anything you'd like to plug uh, before we uh before i let you uh leave
1: um please read the washington post newspapers are great also please subscribe to the athletic <laughs> well, <laughs> there i got both of them in one you wow know? that is I'm that just, is you know
0: that that is my, here I, for you i do subscribe to both well technically i don't subscribe to the athletic but i subscribe to the washington post i have the newspaper outside my door all the time that unfortunate i uh, i don't read as much as i would like but i read the online stuff
1: wait does it stay outside your door or do you actually bring it in and like look at it
0: um, but I'll be really honest at stages of the pandemic at various times I was so I either wouldn't go outside or didn't care there would be like four or five papers outside the door I just was like I, I never went out the door I didn't care I was like you know what life is meaningless what's the point
1: I don't know why I did this podcast I really don't this is just I don't know what to say I don't know what to say <laughs>
0: all right we well, could just say goodbye for now and uh okay. thank you you can say thank you for the invitation to be on the podcast can I get a hat? I, if there was a store, I would buy. I don't even know how to, I don't. I don't know how to order. Would you like? I'll give you. This, how much you want? How much you give me for this one?
1: No, I don't want that one. I want a new one. Um, don't you have hookups or something? Come on. I'm um, new. It's a pandemic. I shouldn't go out shopping. Right, I
0: need we'll a hat. Work, all right. We'll, we'll we'll work on that. Uh, thank you. See you. All right. Uh, I have. Uh, a two, this is the first two-guest episode of the uh, Standard Room Only podcast. Uh, as I said, the, the stated mission of this, we're not just only going to talk about the Washington football team because, you know, there's enough of that. Uh, I, we're going to talk about things I'm interested in. Among those things, actually, I'll be honest, I'm not really that interested in the Washington Nationals. But I am interested in the person who covers the Washington Nationals for the Athletic. That is uh, Brittany Giroli. Wait, is, is that the official name I'm calling you? It's
2: confusing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got married, but I'm keeping Jiroli for work. Okay, so great. It, it, will, it will continue to be butchered uh, by TV and radio stations everywhere for a long time. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, there's actually not a whole lot interesting going on with the Nationals. So I'm curious to see where you take this, Ben.
0: Oh, don't, 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 don't worry. For, first of all, it's rare I have a, a fun anecdote, but you're a baseball person. So this is the rare time I can use this. Have you since you've been in town? Have you done so? WJLA, the local ABC affiliate, has a, a cable a, a week a weeknight cable sports show. Have you done that yet, oh, Scott yeah, Abraham maybe. or Olivia Garvey? Yes, yes,
2: yeah, yep.
0: Okay, so have you met Olivia Garvey? I mean, I guess you haven't met anybody because she's she's only gotten in town this year. But and so yeah, but I, I assume she's been at games. I
2: don't know. Uh, I know Scott really well, but I don't think I've met Olivia.
0: Okay, but you're aware of Olivia. Are you aware of who Olivia, well, whatever. So I did the new, I did, I've done the show a few times now, recording it from my house, like as we're doing here. And uh, in one of the times earlier this pandemic, I was looking, I have like the day before I was on, I was looking through Old Sports Illustrated. Uh, One of the few things I've done productive during this pandemic on my own was clean the house. And I have hundreds of Sports Illustrated back in the day, because that's what I did. And in going through them, I found one that had Steve Garvey, her father, in the magazine. So I'm thinking, okay, this will be cute. I'll pull, I'll keep it and I'll show it to her the next day. So we did that. Oh, look at that bubble. Months ago. So I'm doing the show the other day. She's telling me, though, she's doing it from California, from, I guess, her parents' house. Okay, fine. So we, we get on the Zoom. Uh, I wasn't sure we were going to be able to do it. There was a time issue, but we, we figured out a time. We get on the Zoom, we turn on the camera, and I see she's like looking at me, but she's looking to the side of the camera and doing it in a way that like she's looking at something. Could be a dog, could be a who knows what. It could be something. All of a sudden, she's like giving a nod, and all of a I was like look over, and like somebody like sticks their head around the corner of the Zoom, and it's freaking like Steve Garvey. It was like this uh, was like
1: awesome.
0: it was like my baseball card had like come to life, and he starts like at, he starts like asking me, you know, like hey, how's it going? Whatever. I'm like wait, what? What's happening here? This is super weird. I'm not, I wasn't like starstruck. He wasn't like my uh, hero or anything, but at the same point, you know, it, it, I don't get starstruck by the current athletes, but the people who were older than me when I was a kid, like that is like bizarre. So he, so I, I talked to Steve Garvey for like three minutes this week. Um, it's not easy to, it, it's not hard to become a highlight for me in this pandemic, but that was, that was, that was one for sure.
2: And now you're slumming it with me on zoom. So how quickly you fall.
0: Oh, stop. Do, do you ever, I mean, do you ever, I mean, so one thing that's always cool about covering baseball is I'm not, because of the access, because you're around the players and the coaches all the time. I don't get, again, the players themselves, whatever, but like all the coaches or a lot of them were like former somebodies, Don Mattingly that I remember covering a Kurt Gibson game once and the whole time I wanted to be like Chris Farley talking to Paul McCartney and be like, Hey, uh, remember that time you, you lived up to the plate and hit a homer.
2: It was just, uh, the anniversary of that last night, they showed it on the broadcast. So, um, the, I agree with you. I, I don't get starstruck except when Cal Ripken Jr. Brings his phone out and wants to learn how to take a selfie. Like then I'm all in, right. Then I'm totally geeked out, but today's players you're also around them a lot. So it kind of takes some of the luster off for us. These greats like Frank Robinson, they don't, they, you know, they weren't coming around that much. So when you do see those guys, you're like, God, this is cool. Vin Scully is another one like, okay, we were in LA a few years ago and it was Vin Scully's last year, the Orioles don't ever go to LA, right? It's interleague play. It's every like four or five years. There's a big sign outside of the Dodgers booth. That's like, please, uh, you know, working people only AKA like leave Vin Scully alone. (laughs) I never, I'm someone who likes to bend the rules if they benefit me, especially when we're talking about meeting Vin Scully. So I went and got Jim Palmer who's on the Orioles broadcast and asked him if he knew Vin. He's like, oh, of course I know Vin. I was like, can you introduce me? So he brings me in with Vin and two of the Orioles reporters who shall, three of them actually shall remain nameless who told me that I could not go in there because it said I couldn't, we're all behind me like little kids waiting in to see Vin Scully. So I think for everyone, there's always that element of like, okay, this is really cool. Like day to day, you don't get that feeling. But every once in a while in this job, you're like, man, I don't care if the game goes till two in the morning. I got a picture with Vince Gully and that's never going away. So there's certainly, so there's some really cool things in this, in this business. And, uh, the Vince Gully one always stands out. He's now following me on Twitter. So I mean, that was probably the highlight of 2020. I know he's on Twitter, which is like what we all need, right? Like a little positive Vince Scully in a cesspool that is Twitter. So yeah,
0: that is. OK, yeah, there, there's a lot of amazing. I, I'm always, the, 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 the picture proof I rarely get in these moments. I'm always like, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm super socially awkward. So I don't know how to pull that maneuver while trying to be professional. I'm like, ah, I'm already bothering. You. I don't know how to do this. But, uh, you know, the, you know, p- people also like you. So it's probably they're more willing to do that stuff. Um, I, I, had, uh,
2: I would not say
0: that si- similar to, to similar to the Vin Scully thing. A few years ago, uh, the, the Padres were at Nats Park and Dick Enberg was calling games for the Padres at the time. And so I was in the you know right right behind where we sit at the press box is where they serve the food. And uh, the Nats Park uh, always has too much in the uh, dessert category, as far as I'm concerned, too much from the standpoint of it's five feet away from me and I have no willpower. And over a nine inning game, I get super bored. So I'll go back 17 times for God knows what. But it was pregame. And I was looking at the cookies. You had your chocolate chips. You had some peanut butter, maybe some other assortments. And I'm looking at it, all of a sudden Dick Enberg walks up. He's like as upbeat as you would imagine based on his, you know, oh, my broadcast. And he just kind of looks around. I'm like, what What, what, are, what are you picking? He's like, oh, always go with the peanut butter. I was like, great. Dick Enberg says, go with the peanut butter. Done. I went with the peanut butter. <laughs> I mean, sadly, this is these are things I uh, – I, I I remember. Um, yeah, no, I mean, th- yeah, the old, the old, the older people are the ones that, 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 that stick out um, t- to me. But, but let, let me transition to this. We'll, we'll get to the Nats. You, you, you mentioned Cal Ripken. I'm an Orioles fan. It, it is like the only sport that at this point I feel like I can root for a team because all the other ones I've either covered or whatever. <sighs> I mean, I can't. There's been nothing to root for. Look, I know you don't cover them anymore, but I mean, what am I supposed to do with this? I mean, I know they're rebuilding. Am I supposed to be optimistic? And I don't really know what to do anymore.
2: Um, yeah, I was just on the phone with someone actually um, in that organization. I do think their pitching is going to be okay. I think they're going to have some actual arms in the next couple of years. My concern is the depth of that position player system. They've got Adley Rushman, who is going to be terrific, we've got Trey Manzini who finishes chemo treatments, awesome story, should be back. Um, they got Brian Mountcastle. And then after that, I look around the roster and I wonder, who, who who is this core, right? And then you look below in the minor leagues. And again, I do think they're going to have some pitching. Uh, it is very tough to develop pitching in such a hitter-friendly park as Camden Yards. Um, so there is some hope, but there is such a fine, fine line Uh, for error when you're competing in that division, when you're competing on a small payroll. And part of the reason why Mike Elias fit them was because he believes in that Astros, Jeff Lundell style of streamlining the front office, of keeping operations very cheap, which of course is going to adhere you to ownership. Uh, But I just wonder if that ultimately is going to succeed or not. I think the jury is still out on that. Basing anything off of this 60-game season is just silly. I think you're going to make some poor decisions either on one side of the spectrum or the other. If you go and say, well, he did this in 60 games, uh, it's not the same. I've had scouts come kind of equate it to extended spring training. So I think the Orioles are, are doing better. But again, the bar is so low, right? They have been so bad that, of course, they're going to trend better. It's hard to trend worse. My concern is going to be, filling out that roster beyond a, a couple position players. I think when the time comes, they have to be willing to open up that checkbook and sign some of these guys, or they're just gonna kind of be like a mediocre team and then realize they need to rebuild again.
0: Well, I mean, this is the problem in this division with with the Yankees, the Red Sox in particular you know, they're always going to have team spending money. Although I guess the Red Sox sort of went cheap this year, but yeah, so there's always that right. there's Always up against it no matter what. And then of course, Tampa Bay could make the world series and all that, by the way, uh for, forget all that for a second. We'll come back to that. <laughs> Before we started, Brittany's like, Hey, I'll make sure we got to close all our tabs. So things don't make noise. I'm like, Oh yeah. So I look at my computer, to do that. Then of course I didn't turn the volume off of my phone. So I got an email and that just made some noise, but the email was a work email that annoyed me for half a second. It's not that big of a deal, but I, I get annoyed easily. And, um, I meant to start the, the the podcast by saying that, like, I mean, I I I know Brittany a bit from over the years from because primarily when I would freelance cover the Orioles, it would either be A, she was there, or B, I would be covering for her. Um, and now we're teammates with the athletic. And I haven't physically seen you in person in I don't even know how long, even before the pandemic, because we're not in the same world and I stopped going to the Nats games. But I was gonna say that we basically, I would say to some degree, have bonded during this pandemic. Because um, for the DC Bureau, I think we're probably the two biggest, I
1: don't
0: know, misfits or mental patients or like, we're we're both like highly, highly competitive and uh, simultaneously, I never want to consider myself a perfectionist, but it's like, hey, how come we're not doing this right and that right? And I think we constantly discuss on the side, like, what the hell? I think we're trying to keep each other sane on some level, but would that be a fair way to express our uh our our relationship here
2: yeah and you mentioned we are competitive we are we are both very competitive and i think having someone that you don't directly compete with but you know is competitive is helpful you can kind of bounce ideas off of them you can kind of say like hey where are we going with this or i'm how are you handling that does this story sound okay um but yeah also it's 2020 so it's been like hey how do you feel not great how do you feel not great uh i think everybody oh. right in 2020 has had days where they're like not motivated wondering what's going on there are plenty of days where i don't leave the house or brush my hair or shower and i'm like i gotta i gotta do something here uh so i think that's what people don't understand about our job is that we did work from home a bunch still in regular times but we had such a social aspect of going to a football stadium and, or going to a baseball stadium interacting with so many people and now there are days where I don't talk to another human in person. And I think a lot of people can relate to this, right? It's kind of draining. So yes, you've definitely been someone that I can call or complain to or text and kind of gets it. And I think that's important. People are always like, what's it like this year? You know, are you excited sports are on? Yes and no, because it's still not the same. We're not getting those one-on-one talks. We're not getting that interaction. We're not even getting the opportunity to be like, Hey, Ben, you want to get a group together and go out to eat? Hey, let's all go do something together. It's, it's, it's interesting. Like Katie Strang, uh, one of our colleagues at The Athletic, was a friend of mine, said, I miss looking forward to things. You know? And I think yeah. that was a great point. Like you, You're not like, oh, man, if, you know, if the Washington football team goes to this city, I can't wait to go to that city and check out all these places to go eat. I can't wait to see that reporter who I haven't seen who now works in that city. I can't wait to visit friends who are in that city uh, or stay an extra day. And I think that to me has been such a big change from previous years. So yeah, you kind of need somebody that that gets it, somebody to complain to. I think my husband is tired of hearing my complaints because I do lay on the couch and watch baseball and call it work. So I get that. Uh.
0: (laughs) No, but like, but like to your point. uh, So we're 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 talking on Friday afternoon, Sunday, tomorrow. I'm driving up to New York because watch the football team is playing the Giants, and normally this is a great road trip. You get you get, the, you get you get a hotel room in Manhattan, go nuts, yes. uh, you know, within reason. I mean, I'm an adult in theory. Uh, and this time I'm like, wait, what am I even doing? Like, I literally don't even understand what am I going to do. I, I technically have a room in Manhattan and there will be other reporters there. I'm like, I have, I have no idea. I think I ultimately imagine my Saturday night will be, if I do anything, walking the streets of New York, I have no idea why, and yeah, because there's nothing. I have nothing to look forward to. It's very uh, bizarre. I mean, that's how. Here's how pathetic it is. Again, first world problems. The most exciting part of my week is driving to Ashburn from my house. It's like 45 minutes each way to watch 15 minutes of of guys stretching and like throwing like passes for like five minutes. Getting back in my car and going back home, I get to interact with the other media people. That is the highlight of my week. In a normal year, that would be the bane of my existence. That scenario. And this year, I'm like, oh my God, I can't really. Can we go back? Well, yeah. today they canceled practice because it was raining and they moved it indoors. It was so sad. This was that was my only interaction today with people. Got canceled.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But wait, it's, just, it, it's weird.
0: It's just so, weird. so the, to go back to the baseball, so for me, though, this whole pandemic on some level was not that out, odd in terms of the football. We were already in the offseason. Free agency and the draft were right around the corner when the pandemic hit, so I could kind of sort of stay on schedule. The only thing we missed—they canceled all, all the, um, the the off-season workouts, OTAs, and rookie mini camps, and crap like that. Obviously, no preseason games, but we got training camp at least at some point. Uh, obviously, needless to say, it was also an incredibly crazy summer with this team. But personally, that actually wasn't a worst thing. It helped me stay focused on anything but my life in the pandemic. <laughs> uh, every time I was paying attention to the Nationals and what you guys were dealing with, it felt like the worst slog of all time. And not only did you guys have to wait months before any, before you even had a clue what was going to happen, and it was this constant starting, stopping, can they get their act together? Then they start, get going, and then there's concerns about COVID as sort of I'm dealing with now in the NFL with uh, more teams getting in. But then the team was a mess. Everybody's getting Strasburg's hurt. They, 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 right. They never were really in the mix for anything. They were just sort of misfits the whole year. And I, yeah. I I'm, I'm imagining all you guys, were, When it was over, were like, Oh, thank God.
2: Yeah. I think some of the players put it the best way. Like people asked, Hey, did it feel like a 60 game season? And all the guys were like, no, this felt like a 300 game season. And I think that's fairly accurate because that's how it felt to me. Um, You were, there was so much unknown. You were waiting for spring training to start again. You weren't sure if they were going to play. There was all this exhausting back and forth of negotiations. And then what I miss the most is the player interaction, right? Like Zoom's not the same. So you go back and you go to the stadium and you're reporting or deeply reporting on a team that you have no feel for. You're not in the locker room with them, uh, baseball more than any other sport. Do you have hours to kill in the clubhouse with guys? You watch batting practice. There's a lot of whispering in your ear. There's a lot of, let me give you a look and tell you what's really going on without saying it. That just doesn't happen on zoom. So then that started 19 and 31. Again, that wasn't fun. Uh, really, I think if your team did well, it kind of took some of the. The bad parts away, like the Padres. I think if you talk to, to people who covered the Padres, people cover the Braves, you know, it was a little bit more of a fun year. But for the Nats, all I remember is they're having the first game of the season against the Yankees. They're supposed to celebrate their title. The banner's being raised. Right. It's dead quiet. And the Yankees are pity clapping. That's how like bad the whole scenario was was that the opposing team was like pity clapping just so there'd be some noise because they are raising the freaking world series banner so
0: isn't that seem like was it i I don't think i've ever seen the play damn yankees but isn't like the 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 point of that play is that the yankees are just destroying the washington uh, senators is there something about that
2: yeah i think so i've never seen it either
0: Okay, well, yeah, it just feels like appropriate that like you're having this pity party and it's the Yankees of all people, yeah, the evil empire, who's always like you know, everything works out for them and they're, they're the ones uh, having to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not, I collectively this year, honestly, I've watched like maybe nine innings of baseball, for, including the regular season and the playoffs. I haven't seen much, um, but whenever I did it, just like basketball looked somewhat normal um, without fans. Because of the way it was, just the court was set up, and you had and the angles and all that. Football looks weird, but baseball to me has looked the weirdest on TV because there's so much space, and then you hit foul balls. There's nobody there, and I know they put the cardboard cutouts out, and that's you know cute for a minute, but yeah, just the, the, the dynamic seemed uh, so uh, so weird. Uh, h- how was it covering like being around people like in the press box and stuff?
2: Yeah, so usually you'll like hear some noise. You know how it is, man. You'll, you'll be doing something like blogging or tweeting or transcribing and you'll be like keeping one eye on the game, but you're relying on the crowd
1: when the crowd makes a
2: noise. You look up like, Oh, something happened, like either good or bad. You don't have that. So sometimes I'd look up and they'd be like four to nothing. And you have, you, you totally missed four <laughs> runs and you have no idea how you missed it, you know? Yeah. And then you're like, Oh no. Cause there's nobody here to tell you that you missed it. So that part was kind of weird. Um, The drama of like a late inning at bat without the fans, there is no drama. You know, you don't have guys on their feet. You don't, you you lose a lot of that. Uh, what you are seeing now, I think with the playoffs is you're seeing a lot more emotion from players because they have to create that environment themselves. They have to pump themselves up because there's no crowd though. Interestingly enough, there has been fans now in Texas and they are going to allow some fans for the world series. So it'll be a little better. They're still going to pump crowd noise in though, because 10,000 fans doesn't still sounds like, you know, the Yankees pity clap. You still have to have some kind of like atmosphere, I think. Um, But I think when you look at the fans, people kind of took them for granted. I don't think players realized how much they needed them, how much the game is better with them. And to me, they cannot do this again next year. I'd rather they delay the season uh, than have something like this because uh it's just weird and it loses a lot of the, the heart and the soul of the game and players players really feed off the fans. And I, I again it goes back to I don't think they realized how important it was until it was taken away, which is kind of human human nature, right? You don't you don't ever wake up every day like, oh man, I feel so good. I'm not sick, like my nose isn't stuffy. And then you got a stuffy nose and you're like, Oh, I totally took for granted all the other times where I could breathe through my nose. It's like human nature. Something gets taken away and you're like, God, I just had no idea. So uh, for baseball, I would hope that they would figure it out. It seems like it's trending in a way that we can have some form of normalcy next spring. Uh, But again, baseball, so many games, and I really hope that they can figure something out because spring training without fans, like spring training is for the fans. That's how you get your autographs your time with the players, all that stuff. Um, To me, that's what makes baseball so great was all those relationships and and things that could continue on. And you just can't do that when you have cardboard cutouts. And it's really hard to pull for a lot of these guys. And I've realized this year that the playoffs haven't been, I haven't been as into it. I think it's the media coverage isn't as good. I don't have those inside stories as what some of these guys came from. You don't have the, the level of, of, personal interaction you're not able to read uh about these guys and their journeys quite as much so i really hope uh we get to a place where we can talk to guys again and it's not over zoom
0: yeah i'm not even gonna well uh, i'll just ask you you can just give me the short answer the idea of players over zoom so you know we're all hoping as a society i hope that you know we're gonna get a, a fix to this sooner than later and you know at some point in 2021 we can get back to normal for us, a normal would mean locker room access, uh, get you know all that type of stuff. What percentage chance? So you you and I have different timelines for sports. I don't, in theory, won't have to deal with that probably until next September. Although even just in terms of talk, well, it's not even locker just being up you know one on one talking to players. I could see training camp practices if I couldn't talk to anybody. So I guess it's the same thing more or less. What what's your what what percentage chance? What do you think? What's your percentage that we get back to normal in 2021?
2: I think we get back to normal, but it's various degrees. If you watch on the the playoff broadcast, they are interviewing players from six feet away and they're both wearing masks and they have like a boom mic. So maybe it's a scenario like that where you have to stay six feet apart. You put your stuff on a table, right? You're all wearing masks and you step away. So I don't think we get back to like the normal, normal days for a while, but I think, I hope, Uh, by spring training, they'll have a little bit of a better solution that at least affords you the ability to be in the same room with someone, uh, to follow up, to see their, to read their facial expressions and their body language a little bit better, because that's part of reporting too, that I don't think people realize is the body language and the details and how they say it. Um, all those things come into play and I hope they find a way to get this to be a little bit better. Um, and
1: hopefully
0: move this in the right direction uh for for sure uh you're listening i guess i was p- supposed to say these things at some point during this to the standard room only podcast ben standing here with uh my pal Brittany giroli from the athletic she's our nats guru she covers beyond the Nats. She covers like all kinds of uh national as in major league baseball national stories she writes about tiger woods she, she does pretty much uh she does pretty much everything um you are okay, so you've, you've been. This is your second year covering the Nats. Uh, you are, but you were in Baltimore before, not like you were out of town by any stretch, but you know, it's still different. Your first year here, they win the World Series. So, if I asked you the question of where do the Nats fit into the DC sports scene from that perspective, you probably have a, a your, your perspective is off because there was only height. I mean, they, I know technically last year they started off like crap and then built their way up, but largely by the end, everybody loves the Nats. Uh, other than maybe the Caps fans, the Nats are the you – know, everybody's in love, blah, blah, blah. But now we have another year has gone by, and now you've seen more see, – you kind of see kind of what happens to some degree when they're not on top of the world. So where do you think they actually fit in if we say – I don't necessarily need to say rank because that's maybe a little – just because you're paying attention to the Nats mean you're paying attention to the football team or the Wizards or whatever. But where do you think the Nats actually do fit in if they're not at the World Series level it, when it comes to – the attention in this in this town
2: well i mean we did that survey together right and i think it's clear that it's the nats and caps right now that was
0: that was this year we did do we did do a a dc sports survey yeah that was one of (laughs) our pandemic stories we're like oh what are we doing today this week oh we also do this okay good
2: (laughs) yeah exactly um so i i do think it's hard to separate the world series from what they've done right what what we do live in a what have you done for me lately world i think of the washington football team was even remotely good, uh, there would be a huge, like there are a lot of people that are just like long-suffering Washington football fans and they're like a sleeping giant that you've seen it, Ben. The the base has slowly been awakened here as they've done some positive things. Uh, But the Nationals are in an interesting situation because I think they're probably a year or two away from rebuilding. So I think they still hold the attention of D.C. as long as they're competitive. But D.C. is a sport, a city that with their sports, really values like, isn't an event, right? Like you knew they were going to come out for the world series, but are they coming out for like a game in the middle of June? If the team is in a full rebuild, I'm not sure. There are so many other things going on in DC, even beyond sports that I think you're constantly vying for attention for the consumers. Uh, if you do have live sports. So right now I'd place them up the top with the caps. I think the wizards probably rank pretty solidly in last, but, uh, you oh, look they're, at- they're,
0: there's last there's underneath and then, <laughs> then- there's the wizard i say that as somebody who this is that's the only team i wanted to cover for years trust me it's sad for me but it's their their way last but they're anyway terrible continue.
2: and uh, then also nobody's talking about like the washington spirit which is the soccer women's soccer and then of course the mystics who uh have been really good as well so that's been kind of cool to see i don't know if you saw the wnba viewership is up at a time when everyone's kind of down and complaining about it so Let's not forget about them as well. That's really cool to see. Uh, but I think the Nats are a team that most people in D.C. would agree is up in the, the top two. Um, just based on recent success, everyone loves a winner. Like, talk to me in five years, and maybe it'll have slotted down one or two spots. But right now, like, they signed Mike Rizzo. They signed Davey Martinez. They got their, like, two head guys, and I think they're probably going to remain a pretty popular fixture for the next year or two at least.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good thing that they have going from them, from my perspective, and I, and I'm, I'm dismissive of them as like a consumer of the sport, but like I went to, I covered 25 Nats games a year for a decade and therefore is paying attention all the time. And um, I, I mean, I remain an Orioles fan and to my friends who jumped ship because the Orioles were, suffering and the Nats got good you know pox on your house that's just ridiculous fandom but okay whatever that aside like (laughs) the the, the Nats have big stars I mean that, that that's kind of a I think that's part of the secret of the success it isn't just that they were winning they had Harper they had Strasburg they have Scherzer now you have Soto I mean it's easy to get I mean I mean this in a good way like it's 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 easy to get behind a team when you have that type of uh, appeal, you know, sometimes you can win and it's, you know, not that exciting because it's grinding it out or no names or whatever, but like these guys are, you know, I mean, some, you know, three of them are still here. Um Plus you can factor throw Rondon in there to some degree, although I wouldn't put him in the star category from like a popularity perspective, but uh,
2: yeah, but, he was like a reticent star.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, actually, you know what? I actually blew it. Maybe next time I have you on is I actually have so many thoughts about the Nats clubhouse. Now granted, I haven't been in there. Obviously nobody's been in there this year and I didn't go last year. I, I don't know if I, 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 how the hell with that? Do you, how much time do you have? Because uh, I, I, I don't even know how to get you out of here. How much time do you have? What,
2: what do you got to do? Well, I thought I was only the second guest, so I wasn't sure. Oh, all all
0: don't worry about it. How much time do you have? Uh,
2: Well, I don't know. Like another 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Like, here I go well, to the gym before the 5.20 game? All
0: right. You know what? I'll save my, my Nats locker room theory for another time. Plus my theory, you weren't actually here for that. But
2: What is I, your theory? I, it I've heard it was that was a bad clubhouse that revolved around uh, Harper. Uh, yeah, I've heard uh, that.
0: All I can say is this If you would swap Jason Worth and Adam Jones From the two teams The Nats would have been in the World Series Better chance to have been in the World Series Far sooner than they got there Is all I'm going to say All right, so since we only have a few minutes left I have have more thoughts on that Next time All right I got like In my attempt to figure out what the hell I'm doing with this podcast I have like random questions This is the attempt to uh, get get to know the other person better And also make the guest answer whatever the hell I want to ask you All right, so first up Twitter, you mentioned earlier. Person you wish follow you followed you on Twitter that currently doesn't.
2: Cal Ripken Jr.
0: But how does he? Vince Scully follows you and Cal Ripken Jr., who you've met and you co- effectively covered his team, doesn't?
2: Outrageous, I know, but yeah, I hope he's listening to this podcast and I hope he oh, feels bad and and decides that he's going to follow me out of pure shame.
0: I'm going to at him on the tweet about this and say I asked Brit Brittany who who doesn't follow her. And she says Cal Ripken, are you cool with that? Yeah, you can. Okay. Great. Um, my, I, 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 try to think of what my answers are. I haven't shared these yet. I think my answer for that one is uh, it's a little bit higher. Up. I'm going with Rihanna just shooting for the moon. Uh, that'll never happen, but that's what, that's what we're going for. Um, the short Twitter size answer. What was the single reason why do you think the nav season just imploded? Hmm. I know it's not an easy answer, but
2: it's actually not an easy, simple answer. Uh, they were really lucky in a lot of regards last year, and luck eventually runs out. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but they were one bad bounce in the wild away from losing the wild card game. And I think people forget that.
0: All right. Why in your Twitter, your Twitter handle is at Brit underscore Jiroli. What's with the underscore? I can't stand underscores. Why do you have an underscore?
2: I think Brit Jiroli is taken.
0: But the, I, I mean, I mean, this nicely, there's two of you, really?
2: I'm pretty sure when I joined Twitter, like back in 2009, maybe, um, I'm pretty sure it was taken. So I had to underscore it. So sorry about that. And yeah, virtually is taken. And people ask me this all the time because my name is Brittany. Like, do, do I prefer Brit? It doesn't really matter. It just Brit always sounded better than Brittany when I was starting out and it sounded like less female. And that was like, well, maybe people won't know who wrote the story. Um, which is true because people have called me Brett over email. So it kind of worked. <laughs>
0: um, who is your all-time favorite athlete?
2: Ray Bork. Who, Ooh. for people who don't know, was Boston Bruin, four-time Norris Trophy winner. Terrific. Goes to the Avalanche to win a Stanley Cup. Has this just ridiculous performance and they win it. And it was great. I mean, I did meet Bobby Orr last spring. And to me, he was a close second. He's another Bruin. Again, like Vin Scully, people said, leave him alone. I did not heed that. <laughs> Got a photo with him, tried to act cool, and then told him all about how I had a Boston Bruins rug, painted my room gold, and had his poster. But anyway, um, yeah, a, a lot of hockey growing up uh, from Connecticut, and they had the Hartford Whalers back in the day. Um, yeah, just, just, just a, a, lot of, a lot of Bruins.
0: Um, you mentioned Bobby Orr. I mean, there are some of these athletes, even among the older guys, who it literally feels like if you see them in person, it's like you went to Cooperstown and the statue came to life kind of thing. Like that's one of those dudes. I mean, he is in all in all-time, all-time. I mean, the, the the picture of him flying in the air after he scores the goal. Uh yeah, it, it just seems really like his name. I mean, I hear Bobby Ord, it just sounds like something
2: number that, four, exactly.
0: It just sounds yeah, it sounds like something that like some, you know, some higher being just made, made this name um yeah. are more of a, a serious life question beyond your family friends and hopefully good health what have you come to appreciate the most during the pandemic
2: that was like it uh yeah so those things are too easy what else do i appreciate uh takeout i appreciate good takeout because yeah. i can't remember the last time i dined in
0: what, what's your go-to takeout
2: uh there's a greek place and there's a mexican place that are both pretty close to us that we enjoy my husband likes sushi but i am from Uh, not from Maryland but lived in Baltimore forever and I'm allergic to shellfish so when he gets sushi I usually make pancakes or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's a combination um all
2: right
0: go go, let me go back to my Orioles thing okay look I I forget whether they're going to win or not here's my real question do I have any reason to fear that they're going to get taken out of Baltimore one day because pandemic aside there's not many people going to games that Camden yards to me might as well be like heaven on earth. But like at some point, if there's nobody at the game, I could see if the Angelos sell somebody going, uh, Nashville looks pretty good. Well, do I have to, do I have reason to fear?
2: Yeah. I mean, do I have any inside info that they're selling tomorrow? No, but have you heard, have I heard these rumors and whispers for years? Yes. Um, is it valid, especially in a pandemic and a time where, uh, owners, uh, around baseball by mostly the commissioner's mandate are continuing to streamline operations. Yes. So I, I will say this. I don't think anything happens as long as Peter Angelos is alive. I don't think there's any massive change there, but, uh, I don't rule out anything beyond that. I think you've seen a lot of sports teams, but people have had their hearts ripped out before. So there's nothing to guarantee that that won't happen again. Now, please don't take this as they're not gonna play there in 2021. That's not the case. Um, but if we're gonna go further in the future and uh jets in it, I think it's definitely a possibility.
1: Sorry, Ben.
0: No, no, I've been bracing myself. Inconsolable,
2: guys. He's inconsolable on this podcast. (laughs)
0: Look, I've been bracing myself, but like I feel like I've been it's one of these things where, like, you know, you don't want to ask the question because you're afraid of the answer. And I've been avoiding this question for a while, so I figured. Let's rip the band-aid off and ask. Uh, last question. Yeah. This is a rip the band-aid off question for the Nats fans because, but although I feel like they've been asking this one for a while. I don't, it's not so much I want to ask, are we gonna go through the Juan Soto thing at some point here, just like we did with Harper, like we did with Rendon? I really more of the question is why on earth are we even gonna debate this? Like, I I understood sort of Harper at the very end, but like that that it was becoming obvious he wasn't gonna stay, and then we get to Rendon and now I'm with him. The, the learners, I don't wanna spend their money, but they have a lot. Are we really gonna go through this with, with Soto again? And if so, what's the problem here?
2: So this is my 13th year covering baseball and there's not a whole lot of generational talents, but I've been around a few. And from what I can deduce, if you get a generational talent, as soon as you realize that person may be a generational talent, you better sign them right now. The Braves did it with Ronald Acuna Jr. To a lesser degree, obviously, Ozzy Albies. Now, Acuna, Soto, we can debate apples to oranges all day. Who's the better player? Who's going to be better? Okay. But the Braves recognized this early on and they signed Acuna and they signed him to a dirt cheap deal. I think it's 100 million somewhere in that ballpark area. Soto, now, because they have waited, you're going to at least be in the two hundred millions, and I think probably 250 as the starting point. He's coming off another good year. I am reminded of Dan Duquette, who's a longtime former baseball executive with the, the Red Sox and, and the Orioles, who spoke about Adam Jones once when they were gonna extend him. And he said, dude hits the cash register every time he hits a home run. Every time Juan Soto hits a home run, I think about that. Like dude's just hitting the cash register. Right. So people keep asking me, like, well, they should sign Turner first and then Soto. And it's like every second you wait on Juan Soto is the second that he gets more expensive and more expensive. Now, can they sign him? Sure. But you have to think from the Nats perspective that, do you want to be the Angels? Do you want to have one good player and then just never go to the postseason? I mean, you have to say, we're going to sign him. But at what point is it prohibitive to the rest of our roster? Which is why you need to sign him this winter, I think, or at least this spring. Because if you wait and wait and wait, and you do end up signing him for 300000000 million, let's say, well, oops, you can't feel the starting rotation anymore. You can't have a competitive team and you are stuck with a scenario like in Anaheim where Juan Soto is playing out his best years like Mike Trout is on a subpar team. And you never really get to fully appreciate him on baseball's biggest stage. So I'm just going to, that. that to me is worst case scenario, just taking you through what happens. If they don't sign him, obviously, Not going to go over well, probably worse than Harper and Red Doan, I would think, because the Nationals had so much time, and they've seen this movie several times already here now, uh, what happens when you let these superstars walk. Um, So I do think that there's a scenario where they can still do the right thing here, and they can still extend Juan Soto. I'd make the case that if you need to pick one, you pick Soto, you trade, you look at trading. If you can't extend Trey Turner this spring, I say you trade him. Because you're in a scenario where your minor league system doesn't really have anything coming. Your team's getting old fast. If they're off to a bad start, you have to look at burning it down to the studs and Turner is older than Soto by several years. He's going to be a free agent sooner. Juan Soto could be part of the next good nationals team after this wave. I'm not so certain anybody else besides maybe Luis Garcia, who's younger than Soto can say that. So, you know, just to take you through that's where, that's how I feel about the matter. Like with Manny Machado in Baltimore, they had chances when he had down years to afford him. They had two consecutive off seasons where he hurt his knee, where he absolutely would have been open to long-term stability because he wasn't sure if he was going to come back and be the same player both times. And they waited too long. So when you wait too long, you trade a guy like Manny Machado for a bunch of prospects that are like, meh, maybe one pays out. Maybe one doesn't, you know? So there's a lot of cautionary tales out there and i I hope that Soto doesn't become one however i cover sports for a living so i'm a little jaded to start with and i can't say with certainty that the best possible outcome happens i just can't
0: i mentioned uh uh I don't know what what I said before, but basically like uh, Brittany's like my therapy partner. She just, she just puts me back in therapy with a Machado (laughs) reminder. I mean, because you know, when you, when you, when you have to give Chris Davis a massive extension, but then don't budget how you're going to keep Machado after that, you got to do it. Uh, Yes.
2: Yes. And the (sighs) reason they signed Chris Davis to that deal is because they overlooked Trey Mancini. If they had thought Trey Mancini was a legit major league player and not a 4A guy, which is what a lot of them thought at the time. They would have never blocked him. They had to move Trey to left field. Trey was a first baseman. They had to move him because of that. So this all stems from lack of knowledge of who you have down below. And also there was only one person who wanted to sign Chris Davis. Only one. It wasn't Dan Duquette. It wasn't Buckshaw Walter. It was Peter Angelos. That will forever be tied to the Buckshaw Walter, Dan Duquette era. But every single person I talked to, including Dan Duquette on the record, has said, that was all peter angelos and that unfortunately was a huge part of sinking that organization moving forward i'm sure the nats fans listening to this are like all right Brittany, you covered the orioles ben's an orioles fan can we knock it off with the orioles oh
0: this is all me don't yell at her and by the way this perfectly connects back to the team i cover because the whole thing with this quarterback right now is that the owner wanted this quarterback and they drafted him as opposed to letting the football people decide and now here we are and we can't have nice things in this town i, I shouldn't say that everybody has nice things except for the teams i cover the, the the football team and the wizards the other teams are all having fun for the most part my team's disaster all right but not a disaster talking to Brittany, uh I, I, i'd say go follow her on twitter but you probably already are um the, what is <laughs> the, t- oh, the
2: underscore the <laughs>
0: underscore tell everybody uh, i you're better at spelling than me I tell everybody how to find you on twitter or what else or what else you what do you have on the athletic that should be uh paying attention to this is coming out monday so what, what do you got coming up next week
2: oh uh, next week there'll be some more uh nats mailbag stuff also people who enjoy mlb playoffs we do a half an hour really quick like whip around uh rates and barrels podcast show and you know saris he does all the fa- like fantasy stat cast data stuff and i just provide like witty humor occasionally so tune into that um some really good stuff coming not next week but hopefully later in the month to deal with free agency who the Nats may sign hot stove rumors, really cool piece on the Astros cheating investigation and the fallout from that. So if you like drama, who doesn't like drama, keep your eyes peeled for that one too. Um, So yeah, some cool stuff. And hopefully you follow me on Twitter. The last name is tricky. It is Brit underscore G H I R O L I subscribe to the athletic read ben read me read everybody um hopefully in dc give us the clicks and the love um and that's the end of my ted talk thank you for coming
0: yeah no that's good and but she you know i I, i'll be i'm not gonna let Brittany talk anymore but like basically she's like big star over there you should absolutely like she she actually does really good work i'm just muddling through but read her stuff it's actually really good and creative and and that's why like the, the the idea before i mentioned about being competitive like uh I see what people at the athletic do and namely Brittany. I'm like, Oh, F that I, okay. I need to do better stuff and more stuff. So it's a good thing. I, I'm seeing it all positive. Uh, thank you. I uh, appreciate it. we will talk soon.
2: Thanks for having me, Ben.
0: Uh, you can't talk. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's true. See you. There you have it. Episode number three is in the books of the standard room only podcast. Thanks so much to Nikki job, and Brittany Giroli. Thanks to you, of course, for checking out the podcast. Look, it's going to take a minute for word of mouth, but obviously one way to help is if you guys think it's interesting, you guys like it, tell your friends, tell your tell your Twitter people, uh, tell anybody you want to check us out. I definitely uh, appreciate it. It's been great feedback so far, and I'm looking for a lot more. There'll be, like I said, a bonus episode coming on Friday. And then we've got a game on Sunday, one way or the other, uh, Washington against Dallas. So uh, more to come here on the Standard Groom Only podcast, which you can, of course, find on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere else. And uh, that's it for now. Ben Standard signing off. Until next time. See you.